searching for Canada's best startups. The Pitch Please Podcast. Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Give us your best pitch. Pitch please. Three, two, one. Connecting with Canada's startups to learn about their business and the amazing people behind them. Follow along and hear some of the most interesting ideas in startups from across Canada. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Mike from Pitch Please Podcast back again. Today, I've got Connor Rose from Early. I think that's how you say it, but Connor, I'm going to toss it to you. Tell us a little bit about what you do at Early, if I said it right, how you spell it. It's in your ball court, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's Early, I-R-L-Y. Yeah. I'm Connor. I'm really pleased to be here. Super excited to talk a little bit more about what we do. I'm, I'm the co-founder and CEO. Should I jump right into it? Do you want me to kind of let, tell me what I-R-L-Y, man, I'm going to mess that up. I-R-L-Y. What does it stand for? It's got to stand for something, right? It actually does. I mean, some people think it, I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can go with it, but what we meant for it to stand for was, I really like you. People say, I really loathe you. People say, I really love you. There's a, I, but it's meant to say, I really like you. Right. We didn't want to go too in depth. Like we didn't want to go too like crazy with it. But yeah. I thought it was like something like in real life or I don't know. But people now think we know. Not, yeah. I really like you. Yeah. All right. We're gonna have some fun. What does actually we're not even gonna go there yet. We're gonna leave people on the hook to figure out what I really like you is actually about. Yeah. I wanna learn a little bit about you first. You know, I was checking out your LinkedIn page. We were talking a little bit before the show. You've got a pretty interesting like set of different things you've done. Tell us a little bit about that and, you know, a bit of your journey to where you are today at early. Yeah, so I mean, I've definitely had an unorth- or unorthodox journey to, you know, entrepreneurship for sure. My first real, you know, the first time I ever dipped my toes into entrepreneurship, so to speak, I was like literally 8 years old. I was at an art camp and, you know, I was painting and after school, after camp, I went to the street and I actually sold the painting, right? So, you know, I'm sure when you were a kid, you didn't really have, like most kids don't really have much money because they get can't get a job. So I was trying to figure out, you know, how to get an Xbox. I sold that painting, 40 bucks and, you know, pushed me towards an Xbox basically. And then from there- Did you keep I, selling more paintings after that until you got the Xbox? <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't have any more paintings. It was my last day. I figured out different ways to make money and that kind of- you know, brought me to multiple different things throughout my short career so far. I did an app when I was in high school, which was which was pretty interesting. We had actually an acquisition offer for that. I also had a small jewelry company as well, which did pretty well. But now I'm in early. I'm I'm really happy. We're doing something that's super super interesting. Tell me about that high school. Like, I mean, sounds clearly like you are an entrepreneur at heart. Like right from the get go. At eight years old, you're selling paintings to to pay for an Xbox. You had an app that you built in high school that had an acquisition offer. Let's start there. Like that's pretty big. What was the app called? What did it do? And what even like what even why did you even start like building an app in high school? I mean, most people were like, "Hey, let's go like toss a football around." You're building apps. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had a school project. It was a business class, you know, to create your own business and. I went ahead and actually did it because I had this, you know, interesting idea, which at the time sounded like revolutionary. I thought I was building, you know, Fortnite before Fortnite existed, but it was pretty simple. It was just, you know, an, it was called Where's That Emoji? It was a game centered around finding an emoji that popped up on the screen faster than your competitor, right? 
So, you know, there was all kinds of different functionalities where you could play 1v1, you could, there was time things. And I mean, I built it uh, with a friend of mine who, you know, he actually made it and ended up making it to the Forbes list, not related to this, but it was really interesting. I hadn't, that was my first kind of time doing anything remotely serious. So yeah, it was cool. That's super cool. And then you said from there, you started a jewelry company you were mentioning? Yeah. So I started a jewelry company called Cage Jewelry with my sister. We made custom jewelry at affordable prices. And I mean, our kind of unique take is we went heavily towards influencers, right? So we built up a network of over 40 million followers through, it was a pretty massive influencer network with some really cool people that you probably may have heard of. It was great. And then kind of COVID hit and we, we got a lot of our parts from overseas and that was causing, you know, supply chain issues and things like that. But it was really enriching, actually. Really learned a lot there. Fair enough. Who are some of like the coolest notable names that people would have heard of that were wearing your jewelry? So, I mean, we had a lot of like TikTok stars. If you look on my LinkedIn, um, one of our like TikTokers went to Paris Fashion Week and she was like pictured with Jay Balvin, which was pretty cool. We had a few people. I can't really think off the top of my head. We did a campaign where we sent good. a bunch to like, you know, all the big TikTokers. But yeah. That's cool. I, and I, is that why you have like this like celeb status name, like Connor Rose, or you were just born with that? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> thankfully I was born with it. Yeah. All right. You could have been like Rose Jewelry or something, but you guys went Cage. Why, why Cage? Honestly, we were stuck on a name and we looked up different last names and that kind of came up and we were like, okay, that's kind of cool. All right. Don't overthink it. If you're making a business name, sometimes not overthinking it's key. How, how is working with your sister? It was interesting for sure. My sister's super hardworking. She actually, she's studying law right now. She just got into London School of Economics and, you know, it was a pleasure. She, it was primarily women's jewelry. So I really needed her kind of eye for things, but yeah, it was really good. Definitely don't recommend it for everybody if you're not close with your family, but you know, we're pretty close. So it was, so it was fun. It's cool. I feel like I've just like had a recent run of like so many startups that are like family working together. There's a company called Mavis, two sisters that I just chatted with this morning. They're doing some really cool stuff. Going to be bringing them on the show, I think, in like a week or two. Jake Carls and Leslie Carls, like from Midday Squares. There's like a whole bunch of things. And like, yeah, I think everyone talks about like there's amazing perks to it and definitely challenges, but you have to have that tight relationship, but there's probably nobody you trust more in your life. So super cool that you had that experience. And now you're at early. So I think this is an obvious question, but like, have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? I mean, yeah, I think it's, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Is there like an entrepreneur that like inspires you? Someone that sort of like was other than, hey, I need to sell a painting to make an Xbox. Was there like somebody that like kind of lit this fire for you to be like, this is what I want to do. I want to work for myself. I want to go create like my own roadmap. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, there's a few people in my life who kind of indirectly inspired me. My dad is kind of a self-made entrepreneur himself. He has his own law firm where he kind of manages a bunch of lawyers and he has, he previously had a real estate company and, you know, he was kind of the main entrepreneurial figure in my life. And then there's other people who, you know, who I've been connected with over the years who have also inspired me to take that journey for sure. That's awesome. I think sometimes whether you realize it in the moment or not, those things influence you. You see those people putting in the hard work and the grit and it gives you the, you know, 
the concept that maybe that could be you too. So super cool. I'd love to talk about early a little bit. Maybe before we dive into that, let's start you off with a pitch. The show's called Pitch, Please. Connor, your best pitch, please. What is early? Okay, so early is a video first dating app that revolutionizes online dating by combining immersive video experiences and interactive games to help foster genuine connections and more meaningful relationships. Got it. You're going to have, we're going to really have to talk about this one because <laughs> I'm old and I have not had the opportunity to use any dating apps just timing wise, like pro or con, like that was just a thing. So like I, this world is super foreign to me. So maybe let's just start with like, how did this get started or why did this get started? I feel like dating apps, like there has to be tons of these out there. So I want to know how yours specifically got started. Yeah. I mean, you're kind of in luck. I mean, my, honestly, the dating app landscape out there is not, it's slim pickings for good options. Let's just say that. So, you know, it started out of frustration. Both my co-founder and I, we had been avid dating app users, as have many of our friends and even Cameron. We all kind of, you know, hated them collectively, right? But, you know, right now there's really nothing out there that's doing what we're doing. And at the time, it just seemed like a pipe dream. Like, how could we really build this? So we brought this idea to UBC where I went to school and we went into their incubator program. We chatted with hundreds and hundreds of college students saying, you know, trying to figure out where their frustrations lied and if this was just us or if this was an everybody thing. And, you know, it was pretty universal. You know, we interviewed hundreds of people. 90% of people said they, they honestly hated dating apps. So, you know, we built this idea out. We built a team and now we're here basically. So like walk me through, I don't know, top two, top three dating apps that people, I guess, use these days. And like, what are, what were some of, it sounds like you had some pain points yourself. So maybe you can talk to things other people were saying, or at least your own experience. What were some of the things that were like headaches or problems or why you didn't like them? And like, what are the top two or three things out there? Yeah. So right now the dating app market is dominated by two major players, Bumble. They own Two other apps, one of them is called Badu and one of them is called Fruits, which is more a younger demographic. You know, they're a huge public company. And then Match Group is by far the largest. You know, they own Tinder, they own Hinge, they own OkCupid, they own Plenty of Fish. They own, you know, every app under the sun. I think they've got like 50 to 60 in their portfolio right now. They're kind of the big player right now. But yeah, w both Laura and I were kind of frustrated with the current options because oftentimes there's a there's two kind of things that that you see on all uh, pretty much every dating app out there. One, there's a massive amount of superficiality, right? So you're swiping left and right just based on a picture. You don't really get to know the person. You really are swiping on a profile, right? And then the other thing is just in general, there's a misrepresentation, or there's at least a strong ability to misrepresent yourself. And you know, people that we would talk to on these apps, you would meet them in person, they'd be very different from, you know, how they represented themselves online. And, you know, we came in and we said, how can we change this? And we really went with this video first approach that allows people to connect in a more organic and low pressure way and kind of just do an initial vibe check before you meet in person, basically. That's cool. I want to talk more about that, but you've mentioned a couple people. So you're one of the co-founders. How big is the team at early right now? Like how many co-founders, how big is the team total? So we've got three co-founders, myself, 
Laura, and we've got international superstar Cameron Dallas. He joined a little bit later on in our journey, but he's been an integral part of pushing this forward uh, the past six months or so. We've got five people on our engineering team, and we've got some people who are helping out with marketing as well. That's cool. For anyone that doesn't know, tell us who Cameron Dallas is in case there's someone listening that's like, yeah, international. I don't know who that is, but maybe everyone knows who that is. But who, who's Cameron Dallas? I'm totally hyping him up. You know, he's a, he's an awesome guy. He He's basically, you know, an Instagram legend, so to speak. He's one of the first influencers out there, right? So he's got over 70 million followers across social platforms, and he really pioneered what people call today as an influencer, right? He has you know, a Netflix show. He's, you know, he's a really great guy. And he's also, not only that, he's a very smart business mind. So he previously actually exited for eight figures from his last company and joined us. He saw a lot of potential here. So we're just very excited to have him overall. That's amazing. The other thing that you talked about that I had no idea, I didn't, like I've heard of Bumble, obviously. I've heard of Match.com. I didn't realize all of those other apps and companies that I've heard of before ladder up into basically one of those two. That's nuts. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And the crazier part is like Plenty of Fish, for example, was a huge player and they got bought for, you know, I think close to $800 million by match. Every, you know, it seems like everybody's just get, gets bought up by match. So they've got, they've just built their portfolio and it's massive now. And so the problem that you guys are solving is effectively trying to create things that remove some of those superficiality barriers to meeting people. Like, tell me a little bit about the specific problem and a little bit about what is unique to early that starts to overcome that. Yeah. So, I mean, there are a few problems that we kind of talk about and when we pitch this and when we market this, I mean, the main thing is the superficiality aspect, right? So there are huge, on 99% of dating apps, there's an emphasis on you know text and, and things like that, but there's not a lot of emph emphasis on modes of communication that actually capture your personality, so to speak, right? So you know, I, when I say that, I mean audio and video are the two primary ways where you can actually get to know someone because you know, texting someone, it's very easy to misconstrue what people are saying. Would you agree? What do you think? I think so. I mean, I haven't used a dating app. I'm a horrible texter. Like I am, if you know me and you don't, but you're learning about me pretty much right now, like I'm high energy. If we texted, you would be like, this guy is like dry. He hates me. Like there's no energy. Like as few words as possible. I just rip quick texts. I'm very direct, but not because I hate people. Like I'm always talking and I'm always able to converse, but like I'm very short in texts, which is like super polar opposite to if you meet me in person. So I could see how that could be a problem. I mean, I don't know, maybe in a dating app, I'd be different, but I imagine I would be not as animated as I am right now. Right. And I mean, even if you are animated on text, it's hard to like, it's just hard to grasp someone's personality over text. And I mean, like, I'm feeling like just even talking to you right now and messaging you a few times back and forth, like completely different vibe. And it's really great talking to you, obviously. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm saying, yeah, yeah. I'm, you, know, you know what I mean? So I mean, that's one thing. You thought I was super dry and serious from when <laughs> I messaged you to how we're talking now. And you're like, this guy is actually fun. This is actually pretty cool. I would almost decline to this podcast. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, you get the idea, right? I mean, and that's something that's super important on dating apps when, I mean, look, when it's something, you know, I'm not, and this is obviously a podcast, but I'm saying when it's something business oriented or more casual, 
it doesn't matter as much. But when you're putting yourself out there, people are dating not just your looks, they're dating your personality. And it's hard to do that through text. So we wanted to push for basically video, video first. And the other reason for that is the misrepresentation on these apps, right? So uh, there are a lot of discrepancies, at least in what I've seen and what people have told me, there are many discrepancies between someone's profiles and reality, which ends up leading to a lot of disappointment and wasted time. And it's called, it's called catfishing, no? <laughs> exactly. It's catfishing. Yeah, on my terms. <laughs> and it is very prevalent. Like, you know, people think it's just like, you know, not that common, but it's very common. The idea is like, it's way harder to edit the shit out of a video than it is a picture. That's like a piece of it, I'm assuming. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very hard to lie about the way that you look on video. And then, I mean, the other aspect that we also talk about kind of has to do with, in general, building trust. Like when you're having a relationship with someone, it's hard to just only do text, right? So if you want to meet someone in person, you want to see what they look like. You want to see how they sound. You want to see, you know, as much as you can before, you know, going out there and risking your safety. I mean, we're very pro safety here, but I'm saying you want to build as much trust as possible. And the best way to do that is actually seeing who you're talking to face. Now, I have to imagine there's different like tiers of the market. You said like fruits or something was for younger people. Plenty of fish maybe was older. Like what aspect of the market generally are you targeting with early? Like what's the kind of the demographics? Is it female first? Like I know like that was like something that I think that Bumble did, but like who are, who's your primary audience? Yeah. I mean, we're definitely pushing towards a younger demographic as well. Like we're going towards, I'd say 18 to 26. We found that like uh, girls and, you know, women really like this concept. It makes them feel safe and comfortable. But in general, anybody who's single and wants to mingle, they can come on and test it out for sure. That's cool. So video is an aspect, but there's definitely, I was kind of poking around. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of other things that are made to, I guess, spark some of this discovery of other aspects of an individual like it's almost a gamified i don't know if i'm like blowing your secret here but can you like tell me a little bit about some of those other aspects to help discover each other's personality a little bit that you guys are working on building in or have built into to early yeah so one big thing that we're doing is games right so it's really stale these days to just send a hey message right nobody wants to just say hey what's up and in order to kind of build out shared experience in an organic way. We've built some really cool games that you can play to help kind of have a more fun and engaging get to know you time, so to speak. It helps you break the ice in a much more organic way. Okay. So like, what are some of these examples? Like I can't see myself like ripping code names or what did you mean? Or maybe they are, what did you mean? But I feel like code names would be a little bit hard. Like, Hey, there's a word for you that I'm thinking about. And it rhymes with like, I don't know. I don't know how to play these games. So like, yeah, walk me through what's available. Well, okay. It's funny that you say, what do you mean? Because that's something we were definitely interested in doing something like that. But yeah, I mean, there's Pictionary, there's Trivia. So, I mean, for those of you, for people who are a little bit more competitive, Trivia is my favorite, to be honest. Like we were testing okay. internally the other day and we like just had a full trivia contest with the whole team because it was just really engaging. But uh, yeah, I mean, truth or dare, but PG version, obviously. I'm trying to think. We've got quite a few you know, options to play, but the game is not necessarily like more so like who's who wins. It's more to you know just help you guys vibe a little bit better, so to speak. 
yeah, like something to do that's not just like something to create conversation moments, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Where are you guys at with this? Like, is it launched? Are people using it? Where? What stage? So we're in what we call like a closed beta stage. We have people using it. We've got a small test group and, you know, shameless plug. You can go download it on the app store right now and we might let you in. We're only allowing select users at the moment so we can, you know, basically create the best possible experience. We want people to test this. We want to gather feedback and build something that people really love, basically. And just in Canada, specific region in Canada, because I imagine there's like some proximity thing to this. Yes. Okay. Should have mentioned that. No worries. We're good. We'll get there. (laughs) Right now, you know, the two markets that we're targeting are Toronto and Vancouver, but we're primarily focused on Toronto. The bulk of our users are in Toronto right now. Okay. It's good to know just because like, I don't know why, but we've got listeners from everywhere like uh, someone's in the uk or netherlands or ireland or czech republic or kenya or jordan or like bulgaria like any of these spots that are like tuning in they probably don't want to download the app just yet but if you are in canada which oh they should i was gonna say i mean shout out to all the kenyans and bulgarians listening first of all yeah we'll be there soon so you're welcome to download and, and hop on the wait list and we'll be in your city as soon as we can. But yeah, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off there, Mike. Go ahead. No, that like it was just, it, it makes sense. And we're obviously like, we talk to Canadian startups. Most of those startups tend to launch in Canada. So it's cool. I didn't even realize this many people from different places in the world were going to tune in, be interested in what Canadian startups are up to. But shout out to all those countries. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah. So Vancouver, Toronto, especially if you're like 18 to 26, or if you just really want to like shake up the dating experience you guys are doing a bit of a closed pool right now just to get things right any indication on like when you're going like ga when this is more broadly available and and in what cities if maybe it's the same too yeah i mean we want to launch as soon as we can those two cities are where we're targeting first we'll probably then hit you know la cameron our co-founders in la we've got you know a significant interest in launching in those three cities because I mean, those are the cities we know the most, but I mean, I don't have an exact date, but I'll just say as, as soon as possible, we want to get this out there in the hands of people, you know, so they can meet something, someone really cool for themselves. That's cool. You're thinking less than or more than the next 12 months? Not going to hold you to it. Just curious. <laughs> Definitely less, within less the next, next I'd say six months or so. Okay. That's super cool. Obvious piece of businesses. I mean, there's lots of philanthropic businesses, but I assume you guys intend to make money somewhere. Otherwise, you're going to be back out on the street selling your $40 paintings for an Xbox. Where, see, I'm just dry ass humor. Where and how do you guys make money in this? Yeah, I mean, with a dating app, there's a lot of directions to go. We've got a few revenue streams that we're targeting. First of all, I want to say for the time being, everything's free because we're okay. focused heavily on you know building out a strong user experience you know, instead of making money at our stage. But eventually when we do, you know, charge, there's common areas where dating app charges and then there's not so common things that we're also working on. We really do like the events area, which we're, ex- we're exploring into. We had an event where, you know, 400 people show up, sh- showed up, sorry, which was pretty successful. So, you know, ticketed events are one place where we could, you know, generate some revenue. But primarily there's two areas that we're looking at. One of them is subscriptions. So, you know, you pay a little bit every month and you get access to features that give you a more premium experience. And then, 
in-app purchases as well. So like one-off, you know, $3 or a dollar, you know, payments, and then you get little bonuses, which, you know, there's all kinds of things that we do. So you like yeah. drop like a little Easter egg in there and bring like the nostalgic find my emoji game back <laughs> into early. And you can I test got- your reaction skills with a future date and see like who's like real sharp. I like that. Yeah, that could be interesting, actually. That's not a bad idea. I know. I saw you writing the notes down. I get like 0.01% for that idea. If it makes it into the app, I'm in. I'll send you some shares. Oh, man. Okay. I I love it. What? I know we've been like joking around, but building an app of this magnitude is definitely not easy. What's been like the hardest part? for you so far as you've and are you the coder like is that your background like you've obviously had some experience in this but like how or who's building this and what just generally as a business has been the hardest part so far for you yeah so i mean i'm not the one developing this we have a team of really strong developers who are building this i laura and i we kind of collectively did the user experience with help from some other people along the way but Yeah, I mean, the most difficult part, to be totally honest with you, is just like the ups and downs of like, you know, startup life, as cliche as it sounds. I mean, one day you'll be on top of the world, you'll have closed a great, uh, you know, deal. And then, you know, the next day you'll be like, oh, you know, our engineer, like, you know, he broke his arm, so he can't work tomorrow or something. I mean, that's a bad example, but you know what I mean, right? Like, it's just never really know what you're going to get day in, day out, which is the most difficult part, but it's also kind of the most fun part. You know what I mean? Yep. I like it. And so you're in you're in all app stores, so like Google Play Store, Apple Store, like iTunes Store. Is that where people would download it or they go to your website or either or, I guess? We're just type in IRLY on the app store. We're right now only on Apple because we're in beta, but we'll be launching on Android really soon. But yeah, IRLY on the Apple app store and you'll you'll get in there. Okay. I would download it to support you, but I think that'll create some problems on the home front. So I probably won't download it to support you, but I will let people know about early and IRLY dot app app. Can you just, I want to go back to this event thing you talked about. That was an interesting concept and we kind of just glossed over it. Tell me about this event. Yeah. I mean, we had sort of a small launch, pre-launch event, I would call it. It was in Toronto. It was about a month ago. We saw a lot of success. We partnered with this fraternity and we had them, you know, in order to enter into the party, it was a download for the app, basically. And we saw, you know, very good numbers and people really enjoyed it. And I mean, it was just a fun experience overall. So people are really looking to get in person these days. And I think the best way to really meet someone is in person. Obviously, you know, I'm not knocking early, right? I still use our app, but I think, you know, the best way to judge organic chemistry is in person. So I think if we could do some kinds of singles events and things like that going forward, I think that would be something that we're really interested in as well. Yeah, it's a balance. Like there's discovery and then there's like learning more about each other. And then there's at some point meeting what I thought you were in real life, IRL, but then I realized there's a why, so that doesn't really work. So yeah, early. And what does early stand for again? I really like you. Okay. So if, like, is that like, I'm old, man. Is that like a thing that people type as well? Like, hey, I just drop you an IRLY. Like if I'm like feeling you over text, is that like what people do? 
or they might I start mean, doing it now because you guys are starting the trend. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. I mean, it's not like LOL level where you're like, you know, everybody knows it, but like it's a type of thing where like if you know, you know. Like if you type it, it's like, okay, I get what you're saying, you know? All right. All right. So I'm going to add it to my dry text repertoire when I'm messaging people and I like send like KK, right? Like it's like, oh, he gave me two. So that means happy. Sometimes he just replies with 1K. Or like LOL with a period. What does it mean when it doesn't have a period? I'm like overthinking all that. I love that you guys have the games. I'm like scrolling through on the website here. Let's play trip. I guess would take some of the pressure off and like help you break past like the bullshit, like small talk a little bit, right? Yeah, that's exactly what we're aiming for. Like we really want people to get out of their heads and, you know, have fun, right? And that's kind of the issue. Like, you know, when you're texting, you're overthinking and chances are you're like texting your friend. Oh, what should I say? Like, what's the best? Like, what pickup line should I say? And things like that. But ultimately, that's not you. Fucking chat GPTing up your conversation. Exactly, bro. That's <laughs> I mean, there's a whole thing right now. I don't know if you saw it. There, this startup is doing something called Riz AI. Okay. So what's that? It's basically pickup lines for Tinder. So you put in someone's profile. And it gives okay. you, it analyzes it with, with AI and then it gives you a bunch of pickup lines to send to that person. So it, <laughs> it's interesting. But the thing is, from the side of the girl or the guy or whoever you're sending the pickup line to, you have no clue, you know, what the person you're talking to is actually going to be like. Like, you know, you don't have Riz AI when you're in person, you know? Yeah. No Riz. No Riz, man. Just, just drop the ball. Wow. This is blowing <laughs> my mind. This is like, I know nothing about this space. I'm learning a ton. It sounds like you guys are doing some really cool stuff. I'm excited to watch the journey. Like I said, you know, I don't think I can sign up because I might get into some trouble, but I do want to keep in touch with you and hear how things are going. And next time you're out in Toronto, it almost feels like there is, you know, before we started, you were talking about like Arnav and the Dine team. Yeah. There's like a weird like blend of something that you all should be doing because there's like dating and then there's like food and there's like the virtual aspect and then the in-person aspect is like wait i know you guys all went to ubc so maybe you're already talking that way but some really cool synergies i'm feeling yeah for sure i mean we're always open to collaboration so arnav if you're listening hit me up man <laughs> no. i'll give him the pre-recording when i see him this weekend <laughs> sounds good man <laughs> Any other thoughts on your side, Cameron? I know we talked about a whole bunch of things that you're all working on, but I always want to make sure you, or Connor, you know, what Cameron's name is stuck in my head now, man. Um, what What are like any closing thoughts on your side, Connor, that you wanted to make sure that, you know, people heard about what you guys are doing at early or anything that you think we didn't cover today? Yeah, I mean, again, like we're a dating app, but our goal in general is to connect new people. So if you're looking to meet new people, build new relationships in the most organic and fun way possible, you know, check out early IRLY, type it in on your Apple app store. If you have any questions or any suggestions, I'm an open book and I'm more than open to criticism or feedback. You can send me anything. I'm out there. Connor Rose, just look me up and yeah, that's basically it, man. I love it. And then we've already seen Cameron Dallas's ability to influence me. He just dropped his name like three times and I started calling you Cameron. Or like, man, <laughs> this guy's got like influence powers that he doesn't even know about. <laughs> oh boy. You know what it is? You, you both have like celebrity status names at this point. <laughs> like my name is, D I'm never going to be famous for anything because it's just like super not celebrity status. 
but like Cameron Dallas, Connor Rose. It, it feels like if you know if you set your profile up on, on early, no one's gonna believe you're a real person. I'm just letting you guys both know that simultaneously. That's pretty funny, just man. So but dude, I mean, you do have kind of a famous name. There was a Bulls coach who's isn't the coach of the Knicks or something right now? Is the same last name of you, right? I don't know. There's a truck that I always see driving by, and I'm like, I don't own anything in that truck. It says Thibodeau. It's like driving by. People are like, you own that truck? Nope. No chance. So <laughs> I don't know. One day, maybe, maybe I'll find something famous in my bloodline somewhere. But Connor, blast talking to you today. A lot of fun. I hope you had fun. Um, I hope I'm way better to chat with in person, in real life. Then whatever messages I exchanged back and forth over email and some LinkedIn messages. I don't think you probably were ready for this level of hype and vibe in a podcast, but you got it anyway. Um, <laughs> thanks again for joining today, Connor. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to everybody later. I'll catch you on Pitch, Please. You've been listening to the Pitch, Please podcast. Pitch, Please. Pitch, Please. <laughs> Hosted by Mike Thibodeau. Tune in for regular episodes and show notes at pitchplease.ca. And make sure to give us a follow on your favorite podcast platform. Pitch Please, a Bluemex podcast, is hosted by Michael Thibodeau and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. For more Pitch Please content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bluemex.io to join us on Discord. <laughs>